Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? So good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm good. You, you know, uh, this sucks, right? It's not great. It, this sucks. Uh, so I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with that, but everybody's dealing with that. So suck it up, Everett. Uh, outside of this sucking, everything's really good, man. I'm working. I won a, uh, a gigantic two-year summary judgment this morning. Um, Congratulations. You know, summary judgment on a two-year cheers case. Again. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking, by the way? Uh, I've got, ooh, gosh, it's uh, from a distillery in Portland. It's like I called Burnside yeah, Bourbon. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. I've been to their tasting room before. They're they're they make really good uh, like holiday liqueurs, seasonal holiday liqueurs. That's that tracks for a distillery out of Portland, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, just good. The kids are good. Kim's work is good. You know, we, we feel really fortunate to be in our situation. Um, and our situation is good, right? Our situation is good. So so that is something that we are really sort of feeling fortunate uh, about. about. So it, it's hard to complain too much when all those things are good. Yeah, I mean, we can still complain about the fact that we can't go buy beer yeah. at a bar and drink it there. Can't go hang out at your house in, in, in studio and record. Yeah. Because that's still uh, a bummer. Are, are you going to, our next, this coming Sunday, are we going to do a social distance deck recording? We should. Yeah. I, I think... thought about that yesterday. And then, or no, what day is it? Today's Tuesday. So I guess yeah. I, yeah. So I did think about that on Sunday, but just couldn't get it together enough to make it happen. Okay. Well, let's, let's try to do that. You, you can come over. You can just show yourself in the back uh, gate. And we'll just—we've got long cables, man. I've got like fifty feet of XLR cables. So perfect. I might just sit in my car then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an open beverage container, and you're a cop. No, I mean the bed of my truck is—you know—that's not fair enough. Fair enough. That's yeah, what well, tailgating is about. We've got a deck. I've got Adirondack chairs. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Adderall. It's like, what will that do to help? I've got that too. Yeah. Come on over. It'll be fine. Let's party. It'll be fine. How are you, my friend? Uh, good. Same complaints. You know, we're we're obviously both pretty lucky too, and that we're both uh, essential employees, so um, aren't dealing with the same level of stress that some folks are. But uh, you know, the the normal stress of having a kid home from school and uh, trying to now be a, a homeschooling person, a home an educator, if you will. I'm not good at it. I do not have the patience for it. And, and we're right yeah. in that window where we're working on literacy. <sighs> I am not equipped to teach a person how to read. I, I barely can read. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's been a struggle. Uh, I have a whole new appreciation for early childhood educators. Uh, but we're, we're getting by, you know, we're just just plugging away and we're tra- we're being super super deliberate about our social distancing because I still work and interact with people and um, tweakers and <clears throat> heroin yeah, addicts know. and yeah just all the all the normal people that are still out and about so um yeah we're we're trying to maintain our distance and make sure that it if 
I'm the most likely vector. Uh, so just trying to minimize that. And so we're just batting down at home and drinking a lot more beer than I used to and watching a ton more Netflix. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, Eric, uh, Eric of EA8 sent, sent us a meme tonight that said, you know, something something to the effect of uh, we're going to have to rethink our definition of an alcoholic for for can we can we <laughs> revise the definition of alcoholic for the duration of, of COVID? Uh, I, think, I think we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I was reading about this, that like 60 percent of adults in the United States or, or maybe 60, maybe 60 percent more. I, I don't know. There's been some, some tremendous increase in the amount of people that are drinking in commonly accepted problematic manner yeah from like wake up to bed right all day our day like rosé all day is not just a college thing anymore right it's actually just how we do it's just it's just life now i read somewhere that beer sales are up nationally 40 percent holy which seems low yeah well it might be it might be Um, it just i mean you don't have to i mean people who are still working generally are working from home for the most part ain't nobody gonna care if you have a beer well yeah but maybe maybe there's an ethical dilemma there maybe you shouldn't but if you haven't put on pants in 18 days <laughs> like your 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 problems are bigger than the beer in the middle of your work day I, I told kim uh i told kim on sunday i said you know this week i really want to i want to focus on showering every day when i get out of bed like getting in the shower. You know, I run every day. So there's this part of me when I wake up that says, well, I'm not going to run right now. Right, because that would suck. And I'm going to need to shower after I run. So I shouldn't shower now and then run at lunch or early afternoon and then have to shower again. I should just wait. But inevitably, what happens is I have my run planned for, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, somewhere in there. Then something falls on my lap. And I work through, and so I don't run until 6.30. And then I run, and I come home and, you know, maybe eat some dinner real quick or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't need to shower now. To get in bed. Yeah, I might as well get in bed skanky. (laughs) Well, you know, so this has happened. uh, This has happened a number of times. And I don't think actually that's good for sanity, right? I think just like not wearing pants for 17 days in a row or perhaps uh, day drinking in your work day. I, I think those things probably have a mental toll. And oh, so yeah. I'm, and so I'm trying to be deliberate about, you know, fuck it. What I do when I wake up is I get in the shower. So why should it be any different if I'm working at the table? I should still get up and shower. I should, I should start uh, training like I fight, as it were. Yeah, that's one of the... That's one of the things they talk about during your employment search during extended leave unemployments you got to maintain that normal work schedule routine wake up shower get dressed get ready to go and then punch the clock work your day punch out then do have you time yeah because getting falling out of that routine just begets apathy and sadness and type 2 diabetes did we talk about what you were drinking yeah what are you drinking? The Burnside oh, Distillery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm drinking. I'm drinking this Pendleton. Uh, I, I'm drinking this Pendleton that we got from uh, the Midnight. I'm not drinking the the Midnight. I'm drinking just the regular Pendleton Canadian. So I've done a highball. 
because I don't. It's just not a it's, sipping. It's not it's a not. sipping whiskey. Uh, but in a highball, it's probably really good because it it's drinks, so sweet. It drinks real good in a highball. So I also have one of these on deck. Oh man, cryo stash. Mm-hmm. Cryo stash. So uh, again, if you haven't had the cryo stash, uh, uh, try to find some. It, it is probably my favorite IPA, and it's certainly high up there for Andrew as well. Uh, Hot Valley cryo yeah. stash. An Imperial IPA. It's very good. The other one I drank a lot of this week, I mean, I drank six of them because I bought a six pack of it, is Widmer's Deadlift IPA. Mm. It's another Imperial IPA that does not drink like an Imperial at all. It is so good, so smooth, but it's a puncher. Don't drink six in a sitting. Because you go and get drunk. And throw up. <laughs> Did that happen to you? No, 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 no. I okay. can't. I'm, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, uh, that's good. Well, I don't know. I, I'm saying no, like I'm disappointed. No, I'm. I should celebrate. No, I did not drink six in a sitting and throw up. Right. You, you should have done that. No, you shouldn't have. I've changed no, my mind. I'm glad I did not do that. So I've had a fun. I've had a fun watch week. I've had yeah? a fun watch week. Yeah. Tell me. Uh. Well, I. So first, first things first. I got my uh swiss army valju 7750 automatic chronograph back I, it, it had been sent off for service to nick of orion watches uh and, and so it really just needed to be cleaned it probably will need a full service at some point um but it doesn't need it right now um but i got that back i got that back and the the chronograph is working Oh, so fine. Clicky, clicky, clacky, I think is the phrase Nick used when he, he described the condition to me. Uh, and in, in, which is the medical terminology for that issue. Right. It's yep. now clicky, clacky. So it did have, uh, quite a bit of, of gunk, uh, also a, a technical, also a medical term, quite a bit of gunk in the pushers, which was causing a, um, it, it would engage the chronograph, but it it didn't have enough give to release the button to let the chronograph disengage. Mm. So I turned the chronograph on, and it would just run indefinitely until until the wind wore out. Uh, and it's an automatic, so that was fine. But um, yeah, now the chronograph turns on, turns off, resets. You, you know, these seventy seven fifty movements are really an engineering. Uh, an engineering marvel. It, yeah, it, it, it's one of the. I, I learned today it's one of the first uh, computer designed, if not the first computer designed mechanical chronograph movement. Hmm. So the you know when they when they set out to design this, they had um, time constraints, budget constraints, but they needed a fucking great movement. The 7750 is obviously what they came up with, but they wound up, you know, going from a column wheel to cam actuated, which was one thing that sort of saved them a lot of money. And then they also, um, they also computer designed the parts, right? So not a high horology movement in that regard, but but a, a, a engineering feat on the other hand. So, you, you know chronographs in particular chronographs in particular i think are um able to be done 
in multiple different ways, giving us an opportunity for fun movements. You, you know, chronographs, more than any other movement, I, I think people generally accept a, an affordable quartz chronograph more than a, more than a three-hander more than a day date, more than a GMT. It's generally accepted that a quartz chronograph is cool. Because chronographs are cool. Because chronographs are cool. And, and, and something about the technology, I, I think there's, I, I have some theories, right? Something about the technology uh, lends itself to quartz being more acceptable than it is for other types of watches uh there's there's multiple ways to skin this cat and i think people are more willing to accept these alternate uh these alternate methods i think i think part of it for a chronograph specifically is you're expecting super high precision in a chronograph yeah and that's precision you're going to get out of quartz yeah, just by I its very nature, right. and I think as a as just the functionality of a chronograph, people are more prone to acceptance. This is a you know, spitball in here. Also, that they're more accessible. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's I think that it's it's a combination really of two factors, right? And I think that that's that's maybe the first one. Um, is that we we expect our chronographs to tell good time, and, and sometimes sometimes mechanical watches don't tell great time a 77 26 movement can be off you know uh or a 7s 26 movement can be off a, a significant amount you know seconds per day so so i think you're right one we we want that accuracy in a chronograph and two mechanical chronographs are fucking expensive and prone to faults yes and all all the extra mechanics that that mechanical movements are already dangerous mm -hmm. in the service department mm -hmm. and when you add that extra complication you're looking at, at a watch getting totaled because there's gunk that that prompts yeah. your pusher to be clicky clacky you, you know and it's not just it's not just the complexity right because a a, a day date a day date uh complication is is fairly complex as far as this goes it adds us mm -hmm. almost maybe not quite but a similar level of complexity to the movement but what it doesn't do is it doesn't hammer and vibrate <laughs> and whack itself and and fly back you know the chronograph movement by its nature is violent mm -hmm. it's violent and, and so that causes all sorts of issues um and and so yeah, you're right. It's prone to failure. That's that's totally right. What other watch news have you got? Or was that your watch week? Well, so no, that wasn't my watch week. Uh, but it, it felt apropos, so I kind of rolled with it. Yeah, uh, it felt apropos to the topic. But I'll, I'll this now is a bit of an aside, and I didn't mean to present it this way. But in anticipation of this thing coming back, I have. Well, in anticipation of two things. One, we're working on a sort of NATO straps we like compendium YouTube video. Um, so that's something that we've been talking to to people who make you, you know, NATO straps. And, and not just NATO straps. We, we always use that phrase, NATO straps, to mean generally nylon pass -throughs. speaking pass-throughs yeah that's right nylon or even canvas so some of the some of the straps that we're going to look at aren't aren't quote-unquote nato straps 
but many of them are. But we've been, um, so I've personally purchased several straps here in the last few weeks, and we've been talking to some manufacturers about uh, getting some of their straps in. But I have like, in anticipation of this watch coming back, I've picked up like seven uh, different 20 millimeter NATO straps. Then I that I've got, I don't have all of them in hand, but I have four of them in hand at this point. And then today, when Nick sent this watch back to me, he included one of his NATOs, so I got an oh. extra. So I have like five brand new twenty millimeter pass through straps, and I have been uh, playing like Barbie dress up. Oh with yeah, he's the with his <laughs> and and you're trying on different outfits and yes, yep, yes. I've been pretty deliberate too about ordering in different colors, right? Because I, what I don't want is ten gray NATO straps. Although ninety percent of the time, if I'm wearing a NATO, it's gray, right? Right. Um, because they just look so good. Uh, but so I've got this beautiful red. I've got this wonderful royal blue. Uh, I purchased a uh, moose strap company, a, a sort of traditional black and gray or a conservative black and gray bond uh, out of their premium line. Mm-hmm. And it's it's killer. The gray on the bond is a little champagne-y. It's not quite Ooh. champagne. It's gray, but it's got just a, a touch. Just a little... Dash a hint of tan in it, and I just am in love with it. I love those um, straps; they feel like felt. Oh yeah, Moose Moose does great stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I've been playing. I've been playing Barbie dress up. That's my other watch news. Is I'm just really. Ex- I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to buy a watch that doesn't have twenty millimeter lugs again. No, because then you'd have to recreate your entire collection of straps. <laughs> right. I'm just locked in. It's 20 millimeter lugs or nothing. Oh, your watch has 22? Fuck off. Don't care. Remake it. <laughs> you know, some notable exceptions, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I just really, you know, not only do I really appreciate being able to plug and play, um, I think that the size is actually super, superior. Uh, oh, I agree. A, a 22 millimeter NATO just doesn't, I don't like the feel of it anymore. It's too thick. Yeah. It's just, too thick. Yeah. It's two millimeters. We're not talking about a lot of material here, but it, it feels, and I think particularly because there's no taper to it, 22 millimeter bracelets are a lot more comfortable for me, but because there's no taper, just having that slab around the entirety of my wrist is noticeable. I don't want it to be super noticeable. Right, right. I've got a couple of watches that take a 22 millimeter strap. So my my Vostok, my Vostok 710, Boktok 710 Ministry case uh, takes a 22 millimeter strap. Also, um, my um, Bertucci, my Bertucci field watch takes a 22 millimeter pass through and my, my AMW 320, that Casio Denzel Washington Arnold Schwarzenegger watch is 22 the bertucci i'm stuck right yeah uh i've got to wear that on a pass through but more and more i very rarely wear either the vostok or the casio on a nato because i just like them on rubber so much more Mm -hmm. so yeah it's interesting well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens you never know i I hate to say you know 
sort of broad definitive statements like that but is there is a thing that's happened where i'm actively avoiding watches that have 22 millimeter lugs because they're usually bigger too not just the lugs obviously the, the watch everything's case bigger, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, or and the proportions look kind of weird that's right yeah that's right i would rather have a 42 millimeter watch or 43 42 to 43 millimeter watch with 20 millimeter lugs like a like a seiko um like a seiko sumo right mm -hmm. i appreciate that smaller lug width yeah i would i would love if the mako had 20s yeah a anything new for watches for you nope just rocking that Seiko Q, Q Seiko. Yeah, I've been I've been wearing the shit out of that, and then obviously I work in the in the uh, fifty six hundred, and I really like that Q Timex. It's money. It's super comfortable. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about the mesh bracelet because I've tried on some mesh bracelets before and been kind of mm -hmm, ho hummy about them, but this yeah. one's money. It yeah. it 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 lives up to. I don't know if it quite lives up to the hype, but it's a it's a good watch. I yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, occasionally people get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I have another piece of watch news. Oh, do me. I got the uh Uncle Seiko US Mexico Holzer bracelet that he just released for I mean, he released it I think last Friday. I ordered it the morning it came out. It got to my house like three days later, uh, for the Omega Speedmaster. Mm. So a yep. hashtag jingle jangle hollow end link bracelet for my for my speedmaster, my modern speedmaster, which feels really odd to me. It feels like a really odd decision to make, but I will tell you that bracelet has not come off that watch since I got it. Uh and I just don't see it coming off anytime very soon. Uh I do love the Speedmaster OEM speedmaster bracelet uh but it's heavy and yeah. and chunky uh you know i stuck that mexico holzer bracelet on this thing and oh my gosh it feels it, faster doesn't it if <laughs> it does it feels speedmaster here more it's more master speed so that was my other watch news uh minimally relevant to our show but more more procurement happening too so that was just sort of a one-off it came out and i was like i'm gonna have to have that <laughs> what, what can i do about this you know and i have it and i love it and if you've got a speedmaster you should really take a look at it i think he's got a bucket load i i don't know um i don't know what sort of orders he's quant what sort of quantities he's ordering in um or what his stock levels are like but last time i checked he had them in he's also got a 19 millimeter first omega and space version too so Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, so something to look at. Uh, check out the Uncle Seiko website on his Omega page. Uh, fantastic. It's really just fantastic and lovely. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. It, it, so the story's kind of fun. I'll, I'll tell the story real quick. But there was a... Uh, this, the story's sort of uncertain. Uh, but there was a batch of Speedmasters that got shipped to Mexico... I want to say in the 60s or, or the 70s. Um, and they got shipped as head-only watches. So no leather, no bracelet, no nothing. And and they were shipped to the Holzer Company, which was a watch company in Mexico, for the purpose of Holzer attaching their own bracelets. And the, the bracelet they attached was this 
uh, very similar to Uncle Seiko's U.S. Mexico Holzer bracelet. Um, as far as I can tell, the design is is basically identical. Uh, there's some question about whether the two, whether the two sort of uh, middle links were polished, uh, and and he made the decision to brush everything, which I think is a good. I, I appreciate that decision, but I think he maybe was on the fence on whether or not to polish those. Um, yeah, it's just it's very comfortable. It's got the same exact comfort level or, or a very similar comfort level to my Z199 that he released, which is as money. As, yeah. As everybody knows, I love it. I, I barely wear anything else on my SKX anymore. So yeah. I like it. Real jingle jangly. I'm gonna have to try it next time I uh I'm able to come by. You know, I want you to try it. I think that uh it, it's not gonna change your mind on the 42 millimeter Speedmaster, but I think it may, I think it may be, uh, I think it may be you saying, huh, I like this better than I would have thought. Oh, I believe it. I'll like it. I yeah. just, it, it's the, it's the lug to lug length on the Speedmaster that just isn't quite right for me. You're going to have to try it. Cause I'm going to try it. It shouldn't change the lug to lug length, but somehow it does. It the shouldn't. Sh- the shape of the end length might, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's a feel thing more than anything. It hmm. shouldn't make it feel like a smaller head, but it does. Hmm. So yeah, you'll have to you'll have to try it. So we, I'm intrigued. We got to get to this topic, or we're oh, we should go an hour and a half. Uh, we may anyway. I mean, who knows? Yeah, fuck. We're it. in quarantine. Nobody has anything to do. <laughs> but they're in their cars less time, so uh, our our lessons are down. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you introduce us? Tell us what we're talking about. So, here's our watch topic today, because we're talking about watches, as, as per usual. Oh, yeah. So, we're talking about watches. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a no, mistake. No, it's okay. We'll, we'll survive this. Okay. <laughs> we're going to present to you the objectively best chronograph for under $500. And we're going to use our trademarked scoring system, as we always do. The rubric. The rubric. To determine... The objectively best chronograph under $500. Ob- objectively. Yes. Now, I, 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 I take issue with one that, that you brought up. So I think what we should do, we should each hit like two honorable mentions and then do our top, like not, and just not talk about those watches, but just hit them and give them their score. Mm-hmm. Give our, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. And then and then we'll do our top three each. Oh, okay. Well, so uh, there's a couple problems. W- yeah. <laughs> One, I want to do my honorable mentions last. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and two, I have my my uh I have two watches tied for third. Okay. Then that's in your top three. I mean, I could just pick one of them, but I don't want to. No. Well, t- so you'll do nine watches because I don't know how many you have tied for first. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So we'll let's 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 ascend. We'll we'll both start our number three. So you start first because you've got two number threes. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. get we'll go from there. Fine. So so I've got two number threes. Uh, one of those being the the Gavox the Gavox Squadron. Mm, the Gavox. I, so I don't this think is, you can do that. Tell me why. I think it's too expensive. Oh, is it? 
I I think it was. I think it came under. I I mean, on the Gavox website, the squadron. Uh, so okay, the squadron stainless is three eighty three. Yeah, why why you do this to me? Why you totally now you've totally killed my flow. I'm not even going to go anymore. I'm just no go for it. And it's good that I you're just, doing this because I just don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, you know what. Uh, oh, okay, so look, the, the Gavok Squadron is... What was the score you gave it? What I gave it a 56. Okay. It came in at 56. So we, we noticed something different this time around. My, my scoring was higher. Yeah. Which is different for us, right? Yeah, usually my scores tend to be about three to four points on average higher. Mm-hmm. And we found the exact opposite today. And I'm I want to get into I wonder why. And I think we can use this Gavox as a good example after we talk about the squadron. Right. So so three hundred and eighty three bucks. This is a sort of military style dive chronograph. A dive chronograph. So what you get there is you get a 41 millimeter case, a very conservatively sized case, a 10 atmosphere water resistance case. Um, And it's just good looking, right? It's just a screw down crown. With screw down crown. That's right. Super, super slim, even for, I mean, especially for a chronograph at 12 millimeters. Mm -hmm. Rhonda movement. Yes. I'm curious about the. I always wonder why chronographs have dive bezels on them, but I mean, I'll take it with, with the added water resistant. This is a dual purpose watch. This is a dive watch and a chronograph. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. I I don't know that it's a pure dive watch, but there is some functionality. There is some functionality to a dive bezel uh, beyond beyond just diving but yeah it's it's a decision it's a decision that michael made when he made these and and who knows and who knows you you know this thing came in particularly well for me in a couple of categories i I was surprised to see it do as well as it did um obviously water resistance it gets a 10 Mm -hmm. it does it does relatively well in size an eight that the the bracelet the bracelet the movement, it's got an alarm movement. The pure aesthetics mm-hmm. are phenomenal. And uh, durability, sapphire, 100 meters of water resistance. So it just comes in high everywhere. It, it's, not, it's not a standout anywhere. It's just a very good watch. I, I don't, I, I would rather it had a maybe a Mecha Quartz movement, but... Mm-hmm. Give me an alarm. Give me a 12-hour alarm. I'm good. Yeah. And so I, I'm just going to jump right into my my number three, which is the Gavox Roads. Mm. And I chose the Atlantic Ocean Road with no date, also coming in at 383. And it so mine struggled a little bit in the durability. I in in the actual physical durability, I I agree completely with you that it's going to score really well but in the in the way that a watch has a versatility these felt a little bit too sporty too big for me mm-hmm. to give them mm-hmm. any so I'm, so it, it scored a six for me because this is a single purpose 
weekend. This isn't really a very, this isn't a great option for wearing to work in, in most professional environments. People are going to wear it, but it's just not quite right. To you be took wearing. away on the durability score? Yeah, I, 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 I always, I tie in durability and versatility Okay. in the same the same category but the aesthetics it scored well uh the bracelet looks money the movement discord well um but still a 51 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that 51 i think that's something uh pr- probably about the same as my 56 mm-hmm. uh if we have to average these things out so so very similar watches right these these two are similar in many ways similar case it's not the same case i don't believe um and i don't believe um he's using different movements on these they're the same alarm mm-hmm. movement um dive style bezel so so very similar hand uh very similar watches uh i was gonna say they both have those syringe style hands mm-hmm. uh, um, similar similar watches in a lot of ways yeah and I like them both i one thing that I really like about the squadron. And I know it's a little bit controversial. I love cutout markers for mm-hmm. subdials. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I don't know why. It's just something I dig. It, yeah. No, I, I like it a lot, too. I like that you get some funky... Uh, he gives you some funky options with the squadron. You know, I think that the amount of variety offered on these watches because he's connected them to he's connected them to units mm-hmm. to military units um i think that that's a fun way to have a little versatility i always thought it was a little weird like would i buy would i watch for instance this belgium air force squadron does that make sense i don't know I- i'm not sure uh so that might be something i'd have to think about but um yeah i bet a ton I- of cops wear the thin blue line edition and all it oh, is yeah. is a blue NATO or a blue striped yeah. NATO. How about that, right? <laughs> Michael's like, know. I'll just release a different watch and just change the pass-through strap and call it the thin blue. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool watch, actually. I mean, it, it's this, it's the, the PVD squadron. Sure. That's all it is, right? Yeah, yeah it's the same right. watch. It just has... I, I really like the PVD bracelet, but that was... You know, I don't know. I must have been drunk when I was looking at Gabox's watches. I was, I swear that there was a lot of these that were out of the $500 price range. Yeah, you know, I think that some of the special editions are are more than 500, but by and large, I think his run of the mill standard issue watches are about 350 to 400. Yeah, I, I don't know. Must have been day drinking or something. All right, so my other number 3 Tied for number three, the Brew Retrograph. Okay, the Brew Retrograph. You 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 probably you, you knew it was going to come up, and, and I'm going to say this watch is here in spite of having some some defects. I think mm-hmm. uh, we love John. We love these watches, uh, but the you know these watches don't have very much water resistance. Nope. Uh, their loom is okay at best, um, which makes sense because it's super small loom markers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The case is not, um, I don't think, going to be particularly durable. I think that it it's a fairly 
dressy watch. Mm-hmm. And I think that those polished sides are going to be scratch magnets. Um, oh, yeah. So so it, it, this thing got hurt uh, in those places. Notwithstanding that, it still managed to beat out a bucket load. I mean, there are, what, 13 watches on this page, and it managed to beat out like 10 of them. Um, Mathematically, yeah. You, you know, and that's because <laughs> it just does well. It just does well everywhere, right? It's got a great movement, mecha quartz movement. The VK64, which is a movement that everyone uses, and it's so good. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I noticed about the retrograph was that it felt like it took a lot more rotation. What did we Mm -hmm. we came to the same quarter turn rotation covered twenty minutes versus what thirty minutes on the SSB. Yeah, and I talked to John about that. I, I, it must have been an issue specific to that watch. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, because it kept that, fine time. It just was a strange manipulation of the of the mechanism. Something was happening in the gearing where it, mm. it had been split or something. So, uh, but yeah, you, you know, we've got a fantastic movement aesthetics. It gets it gets a killer score in aesthetics. It gets a killer score in X Factor, and, and this is not just us guys. We're not just in love with with John, although he is. Love him too. Very handsome. Yeah, he's got really good hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't have good hair. No, <laughs> you've got very little hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not just us, right? You know, Jason Lim. Uh, Jason Lim has has been public about buying brew watches. Uh, the guys that notice are are into it, right? Uh, people in the watch industry all feel the same way it's not just us right we're not just and and we've not never gotten anything free from from john i mean he sent us a watch we just loved the fucking watches we just sent it back to to be clear yeah right he sent us watches to review that we were and then had to send back right so yeah he's not that we're not we're not selling these because we have any reason to sell them other than the fact that we love them and we're not alone they're just fucking great if you haven't tried them you gotta try (laughs) what color did you pick um for for this for mm-hmm. this i i didn't pick not only did i not pick i did not even separate the retrograph and the master graph oh interesting yeah and i thought about it too i went through the categories and I was, is it any different the one place that i thought may be different i gave it a nine on aesthetics i th- and and i started to back off and i was like well i think the master graph is a nine but the retrograph might not be and i was like nope it's a nine too so i in pictures, thought that I would like the master graph more, and I the dive style. Yep, did not okay. like it. I mean, I like it. It's but it's it's not for me. It's not a watch that I could buy. The, I'm exactly the opposite. The retrograph. Oh boy, I I I'm could ex- I could buy this, and and this will this will segue nicely into my number two, yeah, which is the retrograph specifically the Technicolor with the beads of rice bracelet. Aha, uh-huh, yes. And when you get that option, the technic with the the when you go and you buy a retrograph with the beads of rice, it also comes with a leather strap. You don't have to choose. No, well you do. You have to pay a little bit more. It's it's 395 money for the bracelet option 
and 350. 350 for the not bracelet option. So you're paying $45 for a beads of rice. And mm-hmm. I've never put on a beads of rice that wasn't good. Yeah. I don't know what it is just about the, the texture of a beads of rice. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. They just all seem to be comfortable. I think maybe because they're so flexy. They just they just wrap around your wrist. Like you remember when you were a kid and you had those, there were those uh, like, like little plastic stands with the hundreds of, of little metal pins that you could make imprints yes. in. Yes. That's what a yes. beads of rice feels like to me. Like you could put That's your face right. in it and you'd think that those metal pins would hurt, but they don't. You just leave a face imprint. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good visual. I, I think that's right. Yeah. So so my my retrograph coming on a beads of rice comes in at fifty one and half. So barely beating out the Gavox, but still beating out the Gavox, which is a watch. I think I like more. Yeah, and see, I have those two exactly. I have those two exactly tied. I, I think I like the brew more than the Gavox. I've never handled the Gavox. I think I like the idea of the brew more, but this is the objective ranking, right? That right. Gavox gives you a lot of objective stats for yep. the money. And there were a lot of watches on here that I wanted to do better. Like there, yeah. there's watches that I was like, how can I, how can I score this higher? To but the problem is the retrograph scored so well, even with only getting five points on water resistance. Yep. It scored so well that I couldn't cheat my way into getting the the Bulova A15 into my top 3. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is a money watch out. This is this is a watch I I was unsure about until I handled it in person and when I did I'd be totally comfortable pulling the trigger on buying one. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said that the that the that you thought you were going to like the master graph and went up liking the retrograph. When we when I first connected with John, was talking to him just via via the internet, and said, you know, I, I know you don't have the retrographs in stock right now, but I'd really like to try a retrograph. And he's like, I got one, I can send you. Uh, and my gut was that I was going to like the retrograph more than the master graph, and had the exact opposite experience mm-hmm. you did. I got that master graph on my wrist and I was like, fuck, dude, this is it. I think a copper master graph, mm. whew, get into me. Yeah. And and I I dig the color scheme. That copper color scheme is mm-hmm. so money. Mm-hmm. So it's, number t- it's not it n- for me. N- number two for me is <laughs> I think it's a watch also on your list at number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm going to skip number two. I'm going to skip number two. Yeah. And let's do the gonna... controversial. Let's dig right into this because we could spend the next hour talking about just this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a problem, right? This is a problem for us. This All of our credibility is shot. It's gone. In five, four, three, two, the Pagani, Pagani Daytona. Objectively, the best chronograph for under $500. Not only... Not only that, but it's eighty fucking dollars, Andrew. And I, I went ahead and scored it too. <laughs> oh, you you did score it. Yep, it also wins. But I'm not putting it on my list, <laughs> and I'm not That's putting fair, it on my man. list because of because of two two reasons. Number yeah. one, I think it scores well in aesthetic, and I think it scores. So, I think it gets a 10 in aesthetics. 
but because it's a straight rip, yeah, I think it gets a zero. Yeah, I think it gets a zero in aesthetics. I think it gets a zero in X Factor. Yeah, and and I I I think that's how the world comes back into balance. Yeah, because yeah, the Daytona is gonna win this competition, and the Pagani, they're do somehow. I don't know how they're affording to do it. They're doing it right. We're talking mm-hmm. Sapphire. We're talking a good movement here. We're talking like, w- w- how are they doing what they're doing? And actually, and actually, Sapphire, right? Jody's done. Yeah. Jody's done the tests on them, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's really Sapphire. It's really a a a, um, a uh, which movement is in there? I can't remember it's now. The as I, I sit here, I could look it up. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I don't remember. I okay. I I remember looking at it, and being like, "You got to be fist fucking me right now. Like this cannot be real." Yeah, it, you know, it, it's really hard. It, it's really hard to understand what's happening here. Um, it, it's not a watch I would ever buy, Andrew. I There are thousands least, of watches I would buy before it. it yeah, I, I mean, I've got 13, I think, or 14 watches that I that I scored. I would buy at least 12 of those before this one. Um, maybe 11. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the type of watch I would wear. It's not the watch type of watch that I would feel joy putting on, right? And, and that's what this is about. You, and that's oh, shit. and that's why I included this watch in. That's why I included this watch in my list because it's we've always said that objective measurements. PK or VK67. It's the Seiko oh, Mecha Quartz. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, you, you know, we've always said that that's not the be-all, end-all, right? I, I've written an article about the SKX that says that very thing. Um, and, and that's on the, um, oh, what's the name of the the Columbia Watch Society, mm-hmm. their their webpage. It's called In Defense of the SKX. I think it's a good piece of writing. And if you, and if you Google it. It's okay. Them, uh, you, you know, it 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 sort of gets at this point, right? Which is why I bring it up now, not to to brag about the writing, but it. But the point is, the, these things don't matter. The numbers don't matter. the The joy of the watch is going to be something different than than what's written down here. Are you trying to invalidate our objective, scientifically proven rubric? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, uh, n- not even subtly. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I think that this, this exercise more than any other time we've done this has shown me that there's, that there is a problem with looking at watches this way. Right. Yeah. It, it it's, it's problematic. Now, it, it doesn't mean it's not valuable. It doesn't mean it's not valuable, but what it means is this type of by-the-numbers evaluation leaves something to be desired. A lot to be desired, like wearing the watch. That's right. That's right. Now, the the Pagani obviously looks fantastic because it's... A Daytona. (laughs) Because it's a Daytona, that's right. Uh, it's a straight you know, rip. Yep. And and I don't actually begrudge anybody who wants to wear one of these because I think if you want that look, it's beautiful. And I think objectively it's good. For me, it's not going to work. I know that. So 
uh, I included it in my list, and I left it there, right? It scored one point higher than my number two pick, which is your number one pick. Uh, it scored one point higher than that watch. And I thought, well, fuck, that's that's valuable. That's a good conversation to have. So I'll leave it there because I, I we're at the we're we're at the risk of saying there's something wrong with the Bagani. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just know it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. So number one, no. aka my number two. No, it's time for my number two. You didn't do your number two? No. Oh, okay. Well, go have at it. My number two is the brew. No. Oh. <laughs> It must, I must have been lying. So the, okay. the brew was my number three. Hang on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just talked about the Gabox because it was, it was my number four, actually. I'm, uh-huh. I have two pages. Yeah. <laughs> so flipping back and forth. I don't know why you let me do it. Whatever. So we're going to get to my actual number two. So my, <laughs> the, the brew is my number three. My actual number two. The Laurier Gemini. Y'all. Yes, sir. We, we have not been shy to sing Laurier's praises here because they're doing something terrific. Mm-hmm. They're pumping out great vintage-inspired modern interpretations of watches and they're doing it with white loom. They're doing it with white loom, which which we 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 learned last week. We may not have talked about it, but we learned last week that white loom is white loom is white loom. Now, the reason old loom aged was because of the radioactive decay. Yeah. Or, or just sun decay, right? Which could happen to to superluminova as well, but it's probably not going to turn brown the way radium or did. tan. Right. Yeah, it's just it's not gonna it's it's gonna decay, but it's not gonna change in the same way. So th- there's something to be said now for if you want to get photinaed watches, you can't patina it on yourself. Like it, it, put it under a UV lamp and and leave it there for fifty years, and it's not gonna turn photinaed. The dial, which is why people are doing coffee coffee treatments and baking it and doing that stuff. Yeah, and and ghosting their bezels and shit but i don't understand that um i don't i don't understand buying a perfectly good pair of blue jeans and washing it with bleach right (laughs) you know it takes all it takes all types takes all types Uh, i guess yeah i sometimes see these coffee these coffee uh treated dials with a with a ghosted bezel and i think that is fucking sexy so i get it i get it at that level yeah but you know what you didn't earn that level of sexy (laughs) That's going and getting Botox and and like all kinds of prosthetics installed. Sure. Well, I guess you earned the money to get that installed, but <laughs> earn it. I'm gonna do Botox on my lips. What do you think? I think you probably do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get hair plugs too. So I mean, we're not we're not, we're not far off. Um, you should get that. You should get that spray paint stuff. <laughs> I I have a friend. His hair is really similarly colored to me. It's it's a little bit more red. So I'm a, I'm a day walker, y'all for. For those of you who haven't caught on to it yet, um, I don't have any hair right now, but that's a whole other thing. Um, so he's he's pretty gingery, and he he's got a lot of gray in his goatee, uh-huh. and he wanted to cover it up, so he hit it with some just for men, Oof. and then was playing video games. Oof. Forgot about it, and his goatee is black. Oh fuck! It's not brown; it's black, and it I I social distanced in a backyard with him a couple days ago 
and couldn't look at him. It was so distracting to see his ginger hair and black beard. That's you that you cut that shit off, man. It, yeah, yeah, no, you give it up. He just thinks it, it's it, never mind. Well, so we're gonna move into the uh, <laughs> we're gonna move into Laurier Gemini. So they are killing the vintage inspired modern interpretations of watches. We've got the Siegel ST19 hand wound mechanical movement. We've got the perfect sizing. 39 millimeter case, 10 millimeters thick. I don't know how you're going to force a chronograph into 10 millimeters of thickness. Well, there's no no rotor, right? It's not automatic. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the only way. We've got a 47 lug to lug and 20 millimeter lug width. This is this is it. This thing is the fucking truth. And yeah. it's got 50 meters of water resistance, which is lower than I'd like, lower than I think they could have done. But mm-hmm. I get why they did it this this way. Yeah. But more water that's resistance. How they maintain. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's how, how they, they keep maintain it. that ten millimeter thickness. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more water resistance than you're getting at a lot of chronographs because a lot of chronographs you're looking at thirty meters or less. The case shape is beautiful. The coloring is beautiful. Everything about it just screams sexy seventies inspired watch. Bracelet is killer. The bra- Yeah. Their, their bracelets are money. I love those flat. I love those flat link bracelets. Yes, that they do. yes. This this is what I'm going to buy with my stim check. All yeah. the entirety of the Gemini line. I'm going to buy them yeah. all, everything they have, <laughs> and then I'm going to resell them at a price that will be reasonable to sell them at, and I'll yeah. make a shitload of money because these are 499 money. Yeah, I, <clears throat> yeah. These guys are. I- killing it. I like the amount of micro brands that are that are using the Siegel movements right now. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a great I think that it's a great move. You you know, this this is something that I, I thought I'd talk about a little later, but I think this is a, a decent time to talk about it. There's a a, a little bit of a um I think a backwards thought process that happens in watch movements at this price. Uh it, it happens in three handers for sure. But I think more frequently it happens when people start talking about mechanical chronographs, which is the idea that why would I buy a $500 mechanical chronograph that is not, when it comes time to service this thing, it's not going to be worth it to service it. The service price is going to be the value of the watch. Uh, and so it presents this sort of... Uh, it, it presents this sort of um, pickle, right? It's I, I a guess classic tough decision, right? You, you know, what do I do? Do I replace the movement? Well, or I've do got you... memories with this movement. Do I not buy the watch at all because at some point down the road it's going to be broken and I'm going to have to make this decision? What do I do? What or do, do I, I do? spend ten times more to make it? reasonable to spend $500 on a service. Yeah, yeah, right. Cuz that's the answer, right? It, it, if if my speedmaster if my speedmaster needs a service, it's worth it for me to spend $600 on a service for that thing, right? Yeah. It's worth it. Or right? you could it's just a, give it, it to a friend. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to make some friends first. Yeah, no, obviously. Real friends. Yeah. yeah. Do you have interviews going also? <laughs> For friends, yeah, <laughs> it's not going well. Oh. 
my my good friend interview list is getting deep. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know, what do we do with this seagull movement? So people say, oh, well, they break. No one will work on them. Well, that's true-ish. That's true-ish. I know that there are some people. I know Ed, uh, HK Ed, is, is familiar with some people that will work on these things. Because he worked on um, yours, right? He did. Did uh, I'm gonna throw up some finger quotes and say work on it? I'm not sure what he did. I, I think perhaps they just swapped it out. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure. Uh, but but yeah, you, you know it, it's this conundrum. Uh, if you want mechanical at this price, you have a watch with a disposable movement. That is the that is the the be all end all. And the movement is not, how much does an ST19 cost? I think that you can probably get in these things for uh, under 150 bucks. Let's see. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So so yeah, uh, I, that that came up today. It just mentally, as I was thinking about this episode, you're gonna at some point run 85 bucks on eBay. Perfect. That's yeah. that's not that's not bad at all. No. That's not bad at all. You you know, I had the same issue. I've got the 7750. I had to send it off to Nick to repair. And I, I had some gut check. You know, what do I do Oof. if, what do I do if this thing needs to be serviced, right? Or what do I do when it does need to be serviced? Because eventually it will. Uh, I suspect I'll just replace the movement. I'll find a movement and 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 swap it out. Uh, but yeah, it's a thing, right? It's something that you're going to have to think about when the time comes. So, um. Well, that leads us just to your number one watch. And your number two watch. And my number two watch. Which I think we can unanimously agree is the true number one of this <laughs> list, right? Right? I think perhaps. Yeah, I think perhaps. In spirit at the very least. Yeah, at the very least. And and you all know it's coming. It's the Seiko SSB 031 or 033 or any of the other variants that... Yeah, that's that, right. That the SSB... OXX family. That was a really loud cork. It's, it was I, a super probably, loud cork. I opened it in an inappropriate place, too. It's just right by the... <laughs> yeah. So, y'all, we've talked about this watch. Probably, I mean, it, it has been dubbed the 40 and 20 chronograph. Seiko is changing Not the name. By- Not by us, may I add. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not by us. We wrote Seiko... Send them your comments. They're renaming it the Seiko SSB 4020. That's just what it is. We've got the perfect sizing. Objectively not true. We've got a 40 millimeter case, 20 millimeter lugs. We've got true water resistance, 100 meters of water resistance. Mm -hmm. It it, it scored, it's it's the, it's a mecha quartz movement. Mm -hmm. It's a money bracelet. It Mm -hmm. looks good. Mm -hmm. It's not versatile. But you can wear it in most environments. Mm-hmm. Seiko Loom. And it's just a, it, it's got everything. It's got the X factor in every category. What's what more is there to say? Y- yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's fantastic. It's just a great oh, watch. Oh, here, here's what's more to say. It's a hundred and thirty-eight dollars. We've talked about watches ranging from 499 money to 80 money. This is $138. This is crazy. And and for me, the X Factor max out 
came in that ion-plated bezel. It's terrific. Every time I wear this watch, I just I I just just gently rock my wrist back and forth to see the way the color plays on that bezel. Love it. Yeah, I I mean I think that I think you could do a lot worse. You you know if you're in that position, you know I think you just you have to at least have it on the list. Uh, if you're buying one of these watches we're talking about today, there's probably only a couple of watches that we've talked about that I'd consider before it, um, or or even alongside it. Certainly, the brew watches are a different thing. You know, both They're, of my honorable mentions, I think I would consider before it. Yeah. Uh, even even in the purchasing world, even if I didn't have one in my watch box right now, I would consider both of my honorable mentions ahead of it. I consider the Gemini ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. Because this is a super sporty watch. It's a pure racing chronograph. This isn't... That's why I think that the versatility is kind of lacking. But shit, I took this watch to Mexico mm-hmm. and wore it every day. Like from the pool to dinner. This carried me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So so do you want to give any context to these honorable mentions? I think we should blast their own. But do you want to give any context? So, uh, so these honorable context? mentions for me are watches that I wanted to score better than they did. Mm-hmm. And I just want to call out these two watches for me because I cheated already and gave one of them away. Uh, oh, God damn it. I was looking at watches. Um, so that's my context. These are watches that I think ought to have done better than they did. But because of our rubric, they do shitty in size, they do shitty in water resistance. <laughs> okay. Okay? Yeah, that's right. What, that's right. How many honorable mentions do you have? Just two. Okay. My first up, the Dan Henry 1972. This thing is dope. I think this deserves to be a top three best chronographs you can buy for under $500. Yeah. It has a timer. It looks money. It is beautiful. It is such a good interpretation homage watch. It's 350 bucks. The size is spot on. Yeah. It's coming from a dude who knows watches. I wish it had done better. I don't get why. It's got a sapphire crystal. It's got 50 meters of water resistance. There it is. 50 meters of water resistance, and it's 41 millimeters. It, yeah. it just it can't hold up against some of these watches that carry some water resistance and drop into that 38 millimeter to 40 millimeter size range. You know, I, I had this thing. This thing only came in a point behind my tied for third place watches. So it, it was right there. And if it had a hundred meters of water resistance, it would have been, gosh, it it would have been the top scoring watch on my list. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's a really cool watch. It's really dynamic. I love it. it. It suffers from some of the things that we discussed when we talked about the Bugatti though, right? It's, it's an homage. It, it's a, a rip even. So, um, but it, it doesn't have that same feeling. It doesn't have the same feeling. I'm not sure why you discuss in the comments, uh, but I don't really care. Yeah, it, it's a good honorable mention. What's up next? The 1962. Oh, yeah. 
another another Dan Henry. It, another Dan Henry nineteen sixty two. And and honestly, this this scored the same as the HK sixty three, both the Sapphire version and the non-sapphire version this scores the same as the dl63 from emg uh and it scores the same as um and actually it scores lower than the emg horizon but this is such a classic racing chronograph that is super versatile that is able to be dressed up or down it doesn't have the water resistance that you want out of a out of a really versatile watch but it's got the versatility and the places that you can wear it's so perfectly sized these are coming in at the the 62 is coming in at 39 millimeters poor water resistance it's got the uh, vk63 mecha quartz movement which is I mean, we know that money movement, great aesthetics, great versatility. I wish it had scored better. Needs some water resistance. That's really the issue here. Yeah, yeah Dan, Dan, you know, the 72 has a screen on crown. The 72 so, does? Yeah. So it, it surprised me that it wasn't a 100 meter watch, but... Um, you, you know, with that screw down crown, I wear that thing in the shower. I wouldn't, I don't even stress about it. So I, I think that there could be point of entry at the pushers, which I, I assume hmm. is why the lower score, um, in, in terms of the specs, but I feel really confident just wearing that fucking thing. So, um, I, I've got a couple, I'll, I'll sort of blast through them. Well, I'll, I'll blast through one. I, I highlighted the, the, Ed 63, that, that is the HK 1963, mm-hmm. which is HK Ed's version of the, the very famous Siegel 1963 Chinese Air Force watch. Uh, you, you know, this thing doesn't well, do well in our rubric. In, in fact, it does poorly in our rubric Quite for, for poorly, a couple of reasons. Yeah. It, it's got no listed water resistance. It's It's got a zero. It's got no loom. None loom. It's a dress watch. None None loom. So right there, when it's comparing, you know, when it's it, it loses fifteen points, it loses fifteen points to the SSB right off the bat, or or fourteen perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, it, it just can't compete. However, however, at the three hundred bucks or two hundred eighty five or sixty five or whatever Ed's offering these things for these days, uh, I take it every day over over the SSB. It, the the sapphire you're gonna grab it at. Oh load! What the hell? I'm and I'm taking on a Hasselite too. I'm yep. taking the plastic, the plastic crystal. That's yeah. coming in at two, or excuse me, three eighty, and the sapphire is coming in at two ninety. Yeah, you're getting exactly the same options. The only difference is going to be sapphire. How much for the for the uh, for the plastic? Three eighty. Oh, I, I thought it was less than that. I think it was. I've got I've got him at two sixty and two seventy for those. I'm on his website right now. Me too. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you're not. <laughs> I am. H kid. Oh, Ed I'm on the forty two chronograph. Uh, two sixty yeah. for the Ed sixty three, cream and black. <laughs> well, am I? What's happening right now? Why are you so broken? Okay, so oh. the other watch I have this is this is made an honorable mention because it's not readily available right now. It's it, it it's something that is from the past. 
Uh, and so you're going to have to hunt for a little bit and it's going to be a vintage watch and it's going to be used and all those things. Uh, so honorable mention, however, it scored very well. I'm not going to give the score in relation to anything else. Cause I think it's different enough that the score doesn't matter. Although I will say it did very well. The tag warrior formula one plastic bezel chronograph from the olden days from the nineties, um, comes in very often on eBay right at 450 to $500 in fantastic shape. These watches, I think, are as cool as anything else we've talked about today. Uh, say what you will. Some people don't like Tag Heuer uh, for, for any number of reasons. What's, some good, you, some... what's the reference on that watch? Oh, fuck. I don't know. They made a whole bunch of them. Uh, but if you if you eBay plastic Formula One Tag Heuer, uh, y- you'll find it. Um, these things are just cool. I've talked about them before on the show because I think they're cool. Oh just yeah, think they're fucking cool. They come in anywhere from thirty seven to forty millimeters. There's some different sizes in there, um, but they have great water resistance. They're a two hundred meter water resistance watch. They've got Eda Quartz movements. Uh, I mean, dude. I'm looking at cool. I'm looking at one right now for three ninety nine ninety five. Buy it now. Uh, no. Plus nine ninety five shipping. That's some dog shit. <laughs> uh, I think that it it's very cool. I think that if you're looking for something uh, a little bit different, luxury, affordable luxury, um. It's a really great place to. It's a really great place to start, and I'd recommend you look in that direction. So, uh, that's it for honorable mentions. Uh, that's it for honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew, other things. What do you got? For my other thing this week, I've got a company out of Portland, Oregon, <clears throat> called Revant, Revant, R E V A N T. Optics. Okay. They are a company that makes. <clears throat> Man, I'm looking at their website right now and they have a sale going on. It says 30% off lenses. Use code SAVE30. Excludes prescriptions. I wish I had read that when I ordered my lenses two days ago. <laughs> 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 so this is a company that makes sunglass lenses for most of your favorite brands i'm gonna name a couple we've got adidas we've got maui gym we've got nike we've got oakley ray-ban spy smith wiley x bole yeah uh, basically basically if you own sunglasses they almost and if you own normal people sunglasses, I mean, Luxottica yeah. or or whatever. Yeah, if if you own normal people sunglasses, they make replacement lenses for your specific frames, and they make they make lenses in three categories. They make just general standard replacement lenses. They make some polarized lenses, and then they make a tier called Elite Performance Tuned lenses i don't know what that is Mm. they have a little chart that explains the differences and they said 
The difference between polarized, enhanced, is air quotes, enhanced, and elite is high definition clarity and specialized lens tint. Now, I'm not a smart man, <clears throat> so I don't know what that means. I just grabbed some polarized lenses for the sunglasses that I wear for work and have worn for, like, I wear them fishing. I do all kinds of terrible things to these sunglasses, so they desperately needed replacement lenses. And I got a pair of replacement lenses for 28 money and 80 cents. Polarized sunglass lenses for the sunglasses that I wear all the time. 28 money. Check these guys Fantastic. out. They they have every color. Like if, if you're the type of guy who or lady who likes the orange mirror sunglasses, two things. Number one, they have them. Number two, feel free to unsubscribe, unfollow, go elsewhere. Um, <laughs> they've got those available. And then they've got all the normal people. But they have the whole spectrum of colors. They have the whole spectrum of, of sunglasses. They've got oakley's whole portfolio they've got ray-ban's whole portfolio it is i i came across them because i have a pair of sunglasses that i wear all the time i wear them for work i work in law enforcement i do terrible things to the things that i wear i've Mm -hmm. closed in the door i've stepped on them i've dropped them on the ground i've fallen down all all manner of things so these these glass these lenses are basically I, i was at a position where i was like i guess i have to buy new sunglasses and i went on the hunt to see if I could buy replacement lenses. I went to um, GovX. I went to Oakley Standard Issue. And through that rabbit hole, I found Revant Optics. I'm giving them a try. Super easy replacement. Take a look if you're looking for some new sunglass lenses. 28 bucks. And if it sucks, I'll just buy new sunglasses. And I'm out only 28 bucks. And I'll say they've got a uh, they've got an option for prescriptions. I've got an old pair of five squared. I can get prescription prescription lenses for one hundred and fifteen bucks, which is which is a pretty good deal. Now you you add money when you go polarized. You add money when you go AR. Uh, but two hundred and forty five dollars for lenses for my five squared uh, out of pocket before any insurance, which I could probably get reimbursement for my insurance too. That's a that's a that's a good deal as well. So. Cool, man. I'll be excited to hear the update. Yeah, I uh, I should get them in the next couple days, and I will plug them in. And I also, for, for those of you who are like me and have been buying just normal lens sunglasses because you don't see the value in, in polarized lenses, like the extra 50 to 75 bucks, I recently tried my first pair of Polaroid lenses, or Polaroid, mm. polarized lenses. Holy shitballs. I see yeah. better in polarized lenses than I do with my regular eyeballs. <laughs> you know, especially if any sort of, I mean, fishing, dude, it, it will change your life. It has you, changed you my know, life. I've only worn them in the backyard playing with my kid. You know, being able to being able to spot a fish in the water uh, because you're wearing polarized lenses is a huge advantage. Uh, yeah, I, I would just never go back to wearing non-polarized lenses ever again. So try those out. You can get... I mean, the polarized lenses range based on the frames that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. But try out a pair of polarized lenses. If if you take nothing else, just try some polarized sunglasses. Just put somebody else's on. You will not go back to regular lenses. Right. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, I've got another thing. Do uh, me. And this, this is a weird one. It, it feels oddly specific, but anybody who shoots Fuji, this will apply to you. What and, are and Fuji? Sus- Fuji? Fuji? Uh, uh, it's, it's a brand You're talking like camera. Johnny Appleseed kind of shit? No, I'm talking like the giant Japanese camera company Oh, that makes the cameras that like 20% of our listeners shoot. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking some Johnny Appleseed like shooting apples off heads thing. Well, so I say that, you know, I, not everybody shoots Fuji. I shoot Fuji some of the time. I, I normally shoot Nikon, but I shoot Fuji as well some of the time. I think that this applies to everybody else too, but probably with a different brand. Um, but I have an old Fuji X20 camera. I have an old Fuji X20 camera. It's really a shitty camera. It, it's Well, that's not true. It's a very nice camera with a very dated sensor and processor. It still takes phenomenal pictures when I'm in the right place and doing the right thing. Because lighting is the key to good photos. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, lighting and exposure, you, you know, uh, megapixels and resolution sort of is secondary to that. Anyway, uh, I've had for years and years, I've had a cheap eBay aluminum universal thumb rest for that and a cheap eBay shutter, soft relief shutter, shutter switch. And those have been fine. Those have been fine. They've increased my enjoyment of the camera. Uh, they made the camera more useful. That thumb rest is really very useful in those small format cameras where you don't have a good grip. Having a thumb rest it is is a huge thing. Anybody that shot a, a X100 um, or or an X20 or an XT20 even perhaps uh, will know, right? You you will know this feeling. So I for years and years and years shot this with just a shitty eBay aluminum nine dollar thing. And that's been fine. Well, I uh, that thing has a the the cheap eBay thumb rest I have has a set screw, and, and it stripped. The set screw stripped, and so that the, it was sort of loose in the the cold shoe or the hot shoe, as it were. Uh, and so I needed to replace it, right? Um, and so I started looking at eBay, and, and a few of these things popped up, and they were shaped for my camera. They were shaped for my camera. Which did a couple of things that I thought I don't really need. I don't really need this. I think when I when I ordered the first time. <laughs> when I ordered the first time, which is why I spent the last four years with this shitty eBay aluminum thumb. So this thing came in the mail on Tuesday, and the company is called Lensmate. Lensmate makes accessories for Fuji cameras specifically. So. I think just about any Fuji camera you can buy. In addition, they make accessories for the Sony a6500, a6300, and a Panasonic LX10, LX15. And the ZS200 as well. Uh, and they make some Leica. They they have some other stuff. RX100, just some other stuff. But by and large, it's Fuji, Fuji accessories. So I bought one of their thumb rests. And it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. It was... 40 bucks plus shipping, so I think $49, all, all things said. And I got it, and I was kind of, I was like on the fence, right? Shouldn't I just get another cheapie? Right, because you should in your right. head. I should, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I bought this thing, and I also bought a soft-release button. Because, you know, I know, I'll just get the soft-release button. You might as well, yeah, you're already doing it. I'm gonna ship you pay it. shipping twice. Oh, my gosh, you guys. 
Why didn't I do it before? You were lazy and cheap. And cheap. Fine, I saw twice, this, man. I put this thing on the camera and I and I put it in my hand. You know, thumb rest. Do you know how thumb rest works, Andrew? I do. It, okay. Okay. Thank you. It, well, for those for those of you yeah, who don't, it, it plugs into your on a small sort of range finder style camera. It plugs into the hot shoe mount and lays against the back of the camera and then flips out right where your thumb is, so so that your thumb can gain some leverage on the back of the camera. It just makes holding your camera significantly. It's an easier. extended grip. It, it, exactly. Well, so I plug this thing on. And I put it in my hand and it's like, you know, so, you know, when you read about like, a, like in a fantasy book and they talk about the first time they pick up the sword that was destined for that person, right? It's not where I thought this, you were going. This 25 year, 20, you've had a different kind of fantasy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 2,500 year old sword that it set in their hand and became an extension of their arm. Right. We're still That's talking awesome. about what I think we were going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, that's how this felt, man. I put this thing on and I put it in my hand and I was like, fuck. Ergonomics could be one of the least appreciated design uh, disciplines. Seriously. Seriously. Ergonomics, for fuck's sake. All of a sudden, this thing is such a joy to shoot. I, the 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 shutter, the soft release button is kind of like, man, it's just nicer than the one I had, but it's basically the same. That thumb grip, holy fuck. Totally changed the camera for me. This camera is... I've, I've been carrying it everywhere I go because it's so comfortable to carry now. Everything's about ergonomics, man. Everything. Yeah. So that's it. We're, we've been recording now for seven hours and 17 minutes. And you guys have been drinking beer with us for six hours and 59 minutes. So you drunk. Yeah. So are we. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know how you're doing, but... You know, I stayed sober this week. Look at you. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. You showered today, sober right now. <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago. You came over the day after we recorded, and I was like, fuck, man, I got shit house last night. And you were like, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep, I, I knew that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, if, I, don't, I, I wonder sometimes if the folks who listen to us know us well enough to be able to tell the difference. Like, I know. Everett's, like, Everett's house. Like, I know when you're drunk. And I can I can see it in your face. I can hear it in the tone of your voice, and in the types of things that you say. But I just wonder now if what we're on this is episode sixty something, seventy. Yeah, I think we're at seventy six, seventy seven. Okay, we're 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 closing in on a hundy. I just wonder if people can hear it in our voices. <laughs> maybe the the or, ones who listen maybe can. Or in yeah. the things that we say. Like that was a weird thing for him to say. I heard seven <laughs> beers open. So <laughs> Well, yeah. In any event, I stayed relatively sober tonight, so getting up early tomorrow to shower, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Andrew, do you got anything else for me today? I don't. All right. Stay well, safe, y'all. Stay safe. Seriously. Uh, stay in your house and don't breathe on people. And definitely don't cough, sneeze on produce. Cough in your elbow, isn't that isn't that the thing? I was making pasta with my almost five year old a couple days ago because one of the things as a homeschooling parent now I've been trying to introduce like life skills. So he's been cooking with me a lot, 
So we're making pasta the other day. He always sneezes into his elbow. I'm talking always. Like if I sneeze on the dog, because one of my dogs freaks out when I sneeze on her. She just like, she loses it. She hates it. She's nervous the rest of the night. So when I have to sneeze, I sneeze on her. I'm a dick. <laughs> he, he will look at me and go, sneeze in your elbow. <laughs> and I tell him I'm the daddy and this is America. So I can do what I can do. This little asshole, we're, we're, we're kneading the dough in our KitchenAid. I, we're kneading the dough in my KitchenAid. And this little dick sneezes right into the bowl of dough. <laughs> no no attempt to cover up. And I look at him, I go, what was that about? And he's like, I have dirty hands. It's like, what? In the last two years, you have covered every sneeze until there's a ball of dough in front of you and you sneeze into it. So we rolled it out. We cooked it and I'm still eating it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's how you do. Yeah. That's how you do. Well, I think we should let these folks go. Yeah, y'all have a great day, night, afternoon, balance of your day. Rosé all day if you're not working or rosé all day if you are. I don't know. This is America. You can do what you can do. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. Also, please check us out on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get the support for the show. That's how we pay for hosting. That's how we pay for microphones. That's how we pay for the things that we do. We really appreciate you, those of you that are on there. And if you're not, we'd appreciate you taking a look. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Our music today is Bummin' on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.